Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining today's broadcast. There are two ways you can reach us. First, through uh, uh, email at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. That's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Or you can write us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. That's Pastor Eric 523, Marietta, Georgia, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. And again, we want to thank you for joining us today. And we're going to start a new series today or a new teaching. I don't know how many uh, lessons that will be in this one, but I believe and, and, and believe this is pertinent or this is important for what we are in in the time we're in. And I'm going to talk about confessions. And what I mean by confessions is what comes out of us. And it's basically what we want to see. The words that we speak are seeds. There are, there are seeds that, that uh, come out of us and it comes out of our heart. And what we must now pay attention to, and I hope you've been paying attention to as you uh, learn more about the scripture, is that it's important not only in what we say, but what we hear. For what we hear is what we say. And that's why we read the, read the scriptures. That's why we meditate on them and we speak them, speak them over ourselves and over our children and in our prayers because we want the results that the scripture says we can't have. And so as we read today, we're going to build on confessions, but I'm going to lay some groundwork, uh, some foundations rather, so that you'll understand where I'm coming from and the basics of confessions. Because I believe if we are speaking the right things over ourselves, we will get to where we say we're going. In other words, where we're going is what we say. We say where we're going before we get in the car, before we get on the plane, before we get on the train, before we walk out the door. We, we establish our end from the beginning. We are just like God because that's how God made us. That's how he created the first Adam, the father of us all. And the fact that God gave him the ability, not only did he give him an assignment as he did in uh, Genesis 1, 28 and 29, but he gave Adam dominion. And that dominion came from his authority in the earth. And we knew all the things that happened after that, how he lost it, uh, lost his uh, authority and his dominion because he uh, gave him over to Satan and gave him over to the enemy. But praise be to God, Jesus took back that authority when he came back on the earth, when he died for the sins of all men, whether you are saved or not, whether you have professed Christ or not, not Jesus died for you. He paid for your salvation on credit. If I could say it that way. In other words, he, by faith, he trusted that his life, which was put in the ground, Jesus was the seed. He was the faithful son, but he also was the seed. As he said, unless a grain of corn uh, fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. But when you take that one seed of corn, put it in the ground, a multitude of ears will come up. A multitude of seed will be upon each ear. And if, and if you will harvest that, uh, you will harvest that uh, uh, corn crop and you can set aside some who, which will be seed for the next year, that will perpetually feed you. It'll feed generations because somebody put a seed in the ground. And that's what God did for his son. And that's the same thing we're going to talk about today is the seed that we must uh, allow to be put into our heart and that we will take it, let it grow, and by the grace of God, it will manifest into what we are faithfully believing. 
So let's start today in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs uh, 18, verse number 23. I'm just going to read a short uh, phrase of, of uh, Proverbs 18 and 23. I'm sorry, Proverbs 18, 18 uh, 20. Proverbs 18, 20. 20 and 21, rather. And it said, and it reads, Proverbs 18, chapter 18, verse number 20. A, blank, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. And the, uh, Solomon is saying here that we are satisfied by what we've spoken. He says shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Why? Because that man is satisfied because he's taking in good things. It's when, he's, he's processed it in his heart and he's let it be mixed with faith. And then because he's spoken it, he applied the faith to it. And then the works and that those words that he spoke will bring the abundant harvest to him. And it says, with the increase of his lips, shall he be filled. Meaning those words came out. They went into the proper soul. They went into the proper situations. Uh, and, and he put hands, he put faith and works to action. And the things of God, that the things that, that, that were laid up for him were manifested. And we know all these things, as uh, the book of Genesis says, there's seed time and harvest. But first, you need the proper seed. And you put the proper seed in fruitful ground, it is going to, you don't have to tell that seed to grow. You can, uh, you know, you don't have to uh, uh, do all these things to it. You just take it, you put it in fruitful seed and in the right harvest, in the right season, and it will flourish and grow. So now let's go over it. We continue now to talk about that seed. And when we're talking about seeds today, we're talking about words. Words are seeds. And when you speak, you're spitting out seeds. You're, 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 you're spitting out seeds. And hopefully you're planting these seeds, not only you in, in the ears of your children, in the uh, ears of those who you are have influence over, and you are putting out good things and they will grow. They will prosper and grow. If you put them in good ground and the person that hears it, takes it, meditates on it, and then there will be a manifestation in latter times. So let's read on now. It says, for death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can spit out seeds of death or you can put forth seeds of life. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So if you spit out seeds of death and those those things grow up, you know, you, you, I'll never be nothing. I'll never, you know, you'll never have nothing. I never get anything. I never win anything. I never prosper anything. I'm stupid. I'm slow. And you say all these things over yourself. Then you, you don't, you don't need to wonder why you're not promoted, why you're never chosen, why you don't have friends. Oh, I'm nobody never wants to come to, to see me. I'm always here alone by myself. I'm always uh, picking the wrong man or picking the wrong woman. Why I always get the the person who's, you know, the the, the, the the person that breaks my heart or the, comes and steals from me or takes from me. And I give all because that's what you are putting forth. You are putting forth that those seeds of uh, of bad relationships, of, of uh, no good men or women, you just draw them in because that's the seed that you planted. But what we have to do is we have to change First, on what's going into us and realize that you being a son or daughter of Christ, you 
uh, uh, you are worthy of having a good man. You are worthy of having a good woman. You are worthy of having someone faithful to you. And yes, things do happen. Things do happen. People, you know, people go left. But we all have to know is that if when we have that solid foundation, when we have our trust in God, knowing that, Father, I see what's happened, Lord. I trust you that all is well, but I'm going to keep my eyes on you and know this this situation, this problem that just arose is just a distraction. And I'm going to read that, that 21st verse of uh, Proverbs 18. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. We today, you are today eating the fruit of the things that you have planted in days gone by. And if you want to change your fruit, if you want to change what you are harvesting, you have to change what you are planting. And if you want to change what you are planting, you have to change the seed. And so if you don't want an apple tree or a orange grove or a peach grove to uh, be planted, or if you don't want bitterness, hatred, strife, um, uh, 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 brokenness to be grown in your in your orchard, then change what you are allowing to be planted. If you don't want betrayal, if you don't want uh, uh, anger and strife, change what you are allowing to enter into you so that when you speak forth, you are you are planting those seeds. Scripture says, um, that the strife comes. This is where contention is. Contention brings forth strife. You know, when, they, when you have anger and strife con, uh, 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 coming forth out of your mouth, that bitterness comes out. Then we have these seeds that grow up that, and we wonder why they grow. It's because of what we've planted. It's because of what we confessed. And we've spoken over our lives and we've spoken over our children or we've spoken over our marriage and we've allowed those things to grow. But again, in the beginning of this teaching, I just want to establish this foundation that we must change what we're saying and to change what the, uh, the result. If you don't like your results, change what's going into the equation. If you multiply three times three, seven days a week, 365 days a year and, and, and a 366 leap year, three times three is going to be nine. But if you change the, what's in the equation you will get a different result. Change what you're doing. Change what you're saying. Change what uh, uh, you're allowing to come into you. Change what you're hearing. Change what you're paying attention to. If all of you are going to pay attention to is what's on the internet, what's in the newspaper, what's on the news, and you never take time out to go to the scripture and hear, what does God say about me? What has he spoken over me? And why am I not? reaping and harvesting. You know, we read how the Lord says in, in, in Jeremiah 29, 11, most of us have that in our hearts, how he says, I know the thoughts I have of concerning you, thoughts of good and not of evil, that you may have an expected end or expected destination. So why are you, uh, uh, why did you, how can you start on the road to uh, Birmingham on I-20 and wind up in, uh, and wind up in South Georgia? Somehow you got were, were detoured. You allow circumstances, you allow things and people to detour you because they will. Detours are put in front of all of us. Anger is a detour. Strife is a detour. Jealousy and envy is a detour. Hurt 
is a detour. Pain is a detour. All of us, especially if you're in the body of Christ and you put yourself out there to love people and to love uh, uh, and, and be a loving person, you are going to be hurt. You are going to be uh, tried and you're going to be tempted to lash out, tempted to uh, uh, retaliate. But what we have to do is to remember, this is not my fight. This is not my battle. Jesus, the scripture said, the fight is not yours, but it belongs to the Lord. It belongs to him. Just stay focused. Stay on the path. If you're off the path, just recalibrate. Just like you we do when I call you in your car and, and you make the wrong turn and this and, and the GPS will tell you recalibrating. Re recalibrating. And as I said in previous lessons before, you gotta get the HGPS, the Holy Ghost uh, positioning system to speak to you. The Bible says he will lead, guide you, he will comfort you, he will do all these things if you will listen. And so as we again as we go forward. All of these things going into is the seeds that we are taking in, processing, and then speaking for. And that's what we want to change is what we're saying. If you want a different result, change what you're saying and what you're doing. So let's move on now. We're going to go to uh, the book of Romans, Romans, the eight, the uh, uh, 10th chapter and the 8th verse. And now we'll talk a little bit more about confessions. And this is in the book of Romans, 10th chapter. Eighth verse. And this is a familiar scripture that many of us have heard before. It reads, but what saith it? And it's talking about now about the word of God. It says, the word is nigh thee. This is Paul talking to the Roman church. Even in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. See, Paul is confident of what's being spoken. He's, he was confident that what I've spoken over you and what you've heard from me and from this, my times with you, You've heard the word of faith. So he now tells them, if you start the eighth verse over again, he says, what I preach is what? The word, which is the word of faith, which is near you, is in your mouth and it's in your heart. This is Paul is saying, if you just take that last part of, the, of, of verse number eight and flip it over. He says, the word of faith is what I preach. And this word of faith is near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. Therefore, if you've been preached faith, if you've heard faith, if you're meditating on faith, then you will speak faith. I heard one, one of my favorite ministers say at one time, he said, you know, you can, you, you can be so full of the word that if somebody touch you, you will, you, will, you, will speak, you will speak a word of faith. You will speak out the word. But if you will take it in uh, uh, anger and strife and cursing. And that's all you, the music that you hear is foul and, 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 uh, everything you hear is, 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 is about adultery and, and cheating on the husband and cheating on the wife and, and, you know, being, being called out your name and curses words left, right, and up the center and, and down and backwards and everywhere you, everything you hear is destructive. And you know how you know that? And you can, you can say that is that, would you allow your mom to hear the the uh, if your grandmother came into you came into your room and heard you playing this music? Would you be ashamed of it? Would you be proud if your preacher came up, your minister came up and heard the music? And some people will say, "Well, he listened to the same thing." I'll keep going. And again, it says in the ninth verse, it says, "If you shall confess," 
And confession means to own or to acknowledge or to declare. He says, if you will own, acknowledge or declare with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and you shall confess in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now, we read a, a, week of, a, a, week, a little while ago about what Colossians said. Colossians says, therefore, as you have received Christ, so walk ye in him. He says, therefore, as you received him. So Romans is telling us how we received him. How? By confessing Christ is Lord, believing in his heart and our hearts that he's raised us from the dead. Then we'll say that's what confession is, that we acknowledge the truth. And see, again, when we're talking about changing our destination and changing where we're going, it's where we are changing what we're saying. We're changing what we're meditating on. We're changing what we're reading. We're changing what we're listening to. We're changing uh, 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 our environment. We're changing who we're allowed to speak into our lives and speak over us. We're changing from uh, uh, the, the the conversation that we allow to be going in our in our in our ears over and over and over. And see, we all know that we live in a, in a fallen world. And you know, you're going to hear you can just be walking down the street and hear cursing and all those things that are going on. You can hear, you know. Uh, uh, anger and strife in the next door if you living in an apartment or walking up in, into your neighborhood and the kids got the music loud. You know, some things you can't avoid. But what I'm talking about is it's what you are meditating on. It's what you are contemplating. It's what you're thinking about as you're in the in the bed in the morning or, or uh, you're at night getting ready to go to sleep and you're thinking about the events of the day. Have you taken time out to Read the word. Have you taken time out to meditate on what God has said? Have you taken time out to hear what what, what the spirit is saying and that urging that the Lord is, is sort of, it's not sort of how the, the spirit is prompting you to, uh, you know, go, you need to read your Bible. Did you read, you didn't read the Bible today? You need to take time out. Take take your time out for Bible reading today. Take your time out for, take some time to go do your, uh, uh, did it, your, your, your morning, uh, your morning devotion. Take some time out for prayer. You know, you could pray and you say, well, you know, I, I wish I would have prayed before I left home. You can pray while you're driving. And surely you live in a, in a, in a, in a big city or any city with traffic. You, we all need to pray. But you can pray walking. You can pray while you're working. You can pray with your mouth closed. You can pray in your car. All of these places are available for us. But going back to the 10th verse, it's about what we are confessing. And what we are confessing is what's in our heart. For it says, for the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. If we will keep our confession and speak God's words over us about what he said, about what he's, he, uh, what grace has, has uh, a portion for us, for Jesus provided a great portion for us. We have the portion of sons. We have portions of friends. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ has provided for us. He provided when he gave us salvation, he gave us healing. He gave us prosperity. He gave us deliverance. And most importantly, he gave us salvation. All of that has been provided for us. But many times we let these words slip because of all the noise, all the, all the distraction, all the things that we hear on a day-to-day -day basis. And when, when we're not listening, and we have the radio on everything, but what we could be listening, but 
and having that time where we could just be talking to God or listening to something inspirational or hearing the uh, the word of God on CD or have whatever you have or where you have it on the, uh, 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 a memory stick or whatever the case may be. But whatever the thing that you, whatever time you have, take more time. As I said again, if you do what you've already done, you're going to get what you've always gotten. Change what you're putting in and you will get a different result. All right. So let's go on now. Let's go to uh, the book of Mark. And we're going to talk now more about words. We just talked about confession somewhat. And remember, remember, confession is to own something, to acknowledge the truth or to declare to be true. And that's what when we're speaking the word of God over ourselves, we are declaring a thing. We're declaring that the word of God is true, that the word of God is, is uh, not only a, 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 a book that we should read, but it's a book that we can live by. The word of God is relevant, meaning it's the same live living savior for 2022 as he was back in the days, in the beginnings of, of, uh, of these last 2000 years. He's the same God. He's the same God back then as he is right now. Scripture says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still king. He will always be Lord. He'll always be good. He's always faithful. And what we have to do is just align ourselves as we take in the word, meditate on it, and then speak it forth because the word of God is voice activated. And how is this activated? Because I meditated on it. I've received it by faith. And then we speak it over by faith, over our situation, over our children, over whatever is is manifesting in our life. Anything that's not like God, anything that's contrary to what the, the scripture has said over us, we have the ability and the authority to speak against it. Because many things we allow to happen and say, well, you know, uh, uh, Lord, have mercy. No, you speak over it. And that's what we're going to read about now. We're going to go to Mark, St. Mark, uh, the 11th chapter. And we're going to read now. Let's go to Mark 11 and 12. Mark 11th chapter and the 12th verse. And we're going to read about what Jesus and how he spoke against a situation. Many times, you, you, many of you, you've read the scriptures before. They're familiar scriptures. So let's go Mark 11 and 12. And on the morrow, well, on the next day, Jesus was his disciples. So when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, talking about Jesus. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything that are wrong. So in other words, Jesus was looking for figs on this fig tree because he saw leaves on the tree, which says to us that he, being the creator, knew if the fig tree had leaves, it must have fruit. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the time of the fig tree of figs, rather, was not yet. And it's interesting. The next verse, he says, and Jesus answered and said to it unto it. Now, when you just stop right there on 14, it's saying that the tree was speaking to Jesus because remember, Jesus is the creator of the fig tree. Scripture says that was not anything that was made, lest it was made by him. So Jesus was the author of this. He is the creator of this fig tree. And so he knew what he was when he went looking for figs. He wasn't mistaken. He wasn't sort of he wasn't sort of mixed up about the season. Jesus knew 
if the fig tree has leaves, it, it is time for figs so I can go and harvest a fig from this tree. But when Jesus didn't get figs and the fig tree was saying it's the time, Jesus spoke to this fig tree. The latter part of that 14th verse says, Jesus spoke to it and said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciple heard it. Now, Jesus spoke death to this fig tree. And somebody, you might say, well, why did Jesus kill the tree? Because the fig tree lied. The Bible says he answered it. He spoke to that fig tree because the fig tree was supposed to be bearing figs. So let's go on now. Let's go down. We're going to skip on down to the, around the 21st, 23rd verse. And uh, wait a minute. I want to make sure I get the full reading of this. 20th verse, I'm sorry. Uh, le- uh, same chapter, 11th chapter, 20th verse. And they said, now in the morning, this is the next day, Jesus uh, spoke for the fig tree, went on to do the things that he was supposed to, that he was to do in the temple, came back out on the, on the next day. And it says, in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, says to him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus said to him, have faith in God. Because when Jesus spoke to that tree, he knew by faith, this tree is dead. He said, nobody's going to eat anything of you from hereafter. And the disciples saw it though. You know, if the natural mind said, okay, if he said, uh, it's going to, nobody's going to eat anything from now on, you would expect immediately that fig tree from the top to the bottom, it would have, it would have dried up. Figs would have dried up. But what did happen? Jesus killed it from the root. See, you can cut a tree down. And if the trees, and you can, as a matter of fact, I know about fig trees because we had fig tree for years, for decades. We had fig tree back home. And so you could cut limbs off of fig trees. It's basically a root tree. You know, it's like, to me, it's just like a big vine. And it can go, it, it, it spreads. It just continually spreads. The longer you if, you, if you don't trim it, that fig tree will get bigger and wider and wider and wider. And so what Jesus did was he killed it from the root. He, he, he killed it at the, uh, at, in other words, the heart of it. The heart of that fig tree, was, which were the roots, when he spoke, it immediately died. And Peter says in the 21st verse, and Peter calling to remember, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus said, have faith in God. And then he says, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say. Now, again, Jesus declared to this fig tree, you are dead. And this is what Jesus now is telling us to do. He says, when you say to this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, do not doubt in your heart, but shall believe those things where he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So let's summarize that 23rd verse. Jesus is saying, not, not necessarily just to the mountain, but he's saying to anything that's a mountain in your life, any sickness, any disease, any situation, if it's yours by grace, and let's call this uh, mountain sickness, 
whatever the sickness may be, from cancer to diabetes to a headache to a cold, whatever it may be. He says, say to God. Now notice, he did not say, tell God about the mountain. I'm sorry, I said, say to God. I said, say, I should say, say to the mountain. Jesus didn't say, say to God. He didn't say, pray to God. He said, open your mouth and say to your mountain, say to your situation, you are dead, you are destroyed, you are over. And be thou cast into the sea. So in other words, he said, be removed. You are no longer allowed in this body. You are no longer allowed. You are, there's no room for healing and for sickness. There's no room for healing and disease. There's no room for you. And I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Again, Jesus is saying, speak to your mountain. Don't tell God about your mountain. Tell the mountain about your God. And be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have what he says. So in other words, don't go by what you see. The, many times the pain gets worse. You pray over a situation and it looks like instead of getting better, it gets worse. Keep praising God. The Lord, I thank you. This thing has died. It's no longer, I'm, I know it's hurting. See, sometimes we get into denial. You know, we may, you know, you could have a ball or you could have something on your body and somebody points out, oh, you see that ball? When are you going to take care of it? They said, no, I don't have a ball. Now you're in denial. What you should say is, yes, I see this condition on my skin, but Jesus has healed me. I trust that the, the faith, that the, uh, uh, that the healing power of Jesus has gone under this ball and it is no longer on my body. I'm praying it's by faith. Now you can see it. It's here. But by faith, it is not only is it gone, but my skin is healed and no trace of it shall be when it's gone away. Now that's faith. But see, much many in the body of Christ, we many times we are in denial. You know, we there's a situation you see you got a cold. So yes, uh, you may have the flu. Yes, uh, I've, I've been coughing or uh, flu and all those things. But Jesus has already healed me. I claim my healing. I claim my deliverance. And I trust that it, healing is manifesting in my body. And I will not have the flu because the flu cannot exist. Healing and sickness cannot abide together. I trust God. See, these are just simple things today. And well, again, we're just starting this out today, talking about confessions, because I believe this is what and uh, a subject that needs to be brought out and, can, and, and re brought into remembrance. Maybe you already know about confessions and, you know, you are at the place now where you confess over your body and you confess over your salvation. You confess the word of God. I'm talking about confession, confessing the word of God over your situation. And as we close out today, I just want you to know, and all of who are listening to me now, that God is for you. He is with you. And as I read these scriptures and quote the word of God, I want you to know that God is forever faithful. He's true to his word. He said in, in, in amongst the prophets, I believe it was the prophet uh, Isaiah, he says, I hasten to my word to perform it. God watches over his word. He watches over it. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man. He's not a man. See, men will let you down. Sometimes it's because of no fault of their own. 
They don't have time. Uh, uh, they can't get to you. Circumstances arise. But God is faithful. He is timely. And he will do just what he says. I pray again that you got something out of this teaching today. And I pray you will begin to confess and make the word of God personal to your situation and to whatever you're going through. And I believe that as we take these words and continue on and learn more about confessing the word of God over ourselves, that you will see a change. If you change what you're putting in, you will get a different result. Change the members of your equation, whatever your problem is. Change how you are attacking it. L listen to the Holy Spirit and let him lead you and guide you and show you what God would have you to do. Father, we thank you for this time on the, in, in this broadcast. We thank you for those who are listening to us and who, who listen to us faithfully. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to be the God unto them, the God of more than enough. You are the God of more and extra, enough and extra, because we believe not only do you want them blessed, but you want your, their families blessed. You not only want them healed, but you want to give them the testimony of healing so they can testify to others of the faithfulness of the God that we serve. Father, we pray for those who may not be saved today and who don't know you and who are lost, Lord, whether they're in prison or in the hospital, Lord, whether they're in their homes, Lord, or driving a car. We pray that they will pray this, this simple prayer after me. Father, I confess Jesus Christ is my Savior. I believe that he died and rose again on the third day. And I receive him as my Lord, as my Savior. Lord, thank you that you receive me into the, into the family of God. And Lord, I now surrender my life to you. I want to welcome you into the family of God. I pray, find you a Bible-believing church. Get into your Bible. Start reading it in the, in the uh, I suggest, reading the book of John and reading the rest of the New Testament. And just begin to gather the wisdom and knowledge that only you can get from the word of God. Again, I pray that you receive something today. Join us again as we continue on this journey in grace.